Hey everybody, welcome to episode 170 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam, and I'm joined, of course, by Dave Hogue. What's up, Dave? Well, um, I have to say that tonight I am somewhat excited about what's going on in Cleveland, and that I'm a White Sox fan, What's, what's and even with the shortened... Baseball season, it is one to one in the tenth inning between the White Sox and the Indians. So, does this game have playoff implications? Uh, the White Sox have clinched a playoff spot, but what they really want to do is they want to win the division and or have the best record or close to the best record in baseball. So, what is their record? Oh gosh, I don't know exactly what the rec- record is. It's like thirty four and oh yikes, uh, okay. So yeah, it's a lot better. So than this the, the sixty game sixty game, so they're thirty four and twenty, and Minnesota's kind of a game. Well, they're a game and a half behind them, and they're chomping at their heels. So the Twins, really? Hmm. Man, I have yep. not paid attention to baseball at all. Not that that's a well. Surprise, when you only play when you only play sixty games, it's kind of an odd year, right? Right. But I would <laughs> for I would have <laughs> I would have guessed that it would have been Cleveland that they were chasing, not Minnesota. Yeah. So Has Minnesota gotten good out of nowhere. Um, I think they've been quietly. Well, I don't know if quietly, but they, well, they've been rebuilding as well. Yeah, so. but the last few years, the AL Central has been Cleveland's division to lose. So mm-hmm. Minnesota's kind of been slumming it with the Tigers at the bottom in recent memory. So, mm-hmm. yeah, baseball uh, is kind of dead to me. So, but I'm happy for you, Dave. <laughs> I'm happy for you. So. Yeah, it's it's fun when your team does well and you know who's uh who's not my team anymore, Dave? The Tigers? The Detroit Lions. Oh, the Detroit Lions. I have finally Are they 0 and 2? I have finally Oh, they are very much 0 and 2. I have finally <laughs> um removed them from my life. I just can't anymore. I just can't. Mhm. It's I've been a, a, a fan since I can remember, and that's probably when I was eight or nine, so 25, 26 years ago. I remember Scott Mitchell. I remember Herman Moore. I remember Barry Sanders. I remember Wayne Fonts, the coach. I remember Joey Harrington and John Kitna and Rod Marinelli and Steve Mariucci and Jim Swartz and Dominican <laughs> Sue and all of the other people, Calvin Johnson. And I have come to the conclusion after their ninth and tenth double digit leads within the last twelve <laughs> months that they have we it, it last season and the first two games of this season, the Lions have had ten double digit leads. Oh they my have, gosh. They have won how many games do you think? Of those ten games where they've had double digit leads, how many of those ten games do you think they've won? Well, based on the way you say it, I'm gonna say four. Two. Two. Oh my god. They gosh. are two, seven, and one in their last Ouch. ten games where they've had a double digit lead. That's rough. They were up by seventeen points in the fourth quarter in week one to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago mm-hmm. Bears oh, the Chicago <laughs> Bears scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter to win. Yep. In in Detroit. Fast forward to week two. Lions go to Green Bay. They're up 14 to 3. They lost 42 to 21. 
Ouch. I'm done, Dave. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I, I've seen them single-handedly waste Barry Sanders' career, Calvin Johnson's career, and now Matthew Stafford's. Barry Sanders is a Hall of Famer. Calvin Johnson will be a Hall yeah. of Famer. Matthew Stafford should be one, but he has yet to win a playoff game. He has the most passing yards in the history of the NFL through 150 games as a starter. More than Tom Brady, more than Peyton Manning, more than Drew Brees, more than anyone in the history of football. He has more passing yards in the first 150 games as a starting quarterback. He has yet to win a playoff game. Wow. I think he's made the playoffs twice in his career. So all that to say, go Seahawks. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And with the Big Ten season starting in four weeks, I will have a real football team. Oh, they actually decided to play. They did. They start uh, August or in August, October, uh, like the week before Halloween. Oh, that's hilarious. They gave in third or 24th or whatever. Yeah. So they're they're delayed, but they're going to have an eight or nine week season depending on if they have to delay any games. But yeah, so I'll have I'll have uh, the University of Michigan to watch and the Seattle Seahawks to watch. So there we go. I can I can get on the Seahawks bandwagon. Yeah, I like the Seahawks. I like players. I like players on the Seahawks. Yeah, and they just beat the Patriots by five. They stuffed Cam Newton on the one yard line to end the game. (laughs) I mean, like, man, the while that probably isn't the Super Bowl this year, it's not far fetched that it could be if a few things break a certain way. So it's kind of cool that we got to see that game because we probably won't see that game in the Super Bowl, but. Heck of a football game, 35-30. Not, not a bad way to spend a uh, Sunday evening. Nope. You know what's a good way to spend a Tuesday evening, Dave? Podcasting. Podcasting about the Bible. That's what and we reading. call a transition yes. in the biz. A nice segue. <laughs> Excellent. And I do believe, uh, as of last episode, we have finished the first chapter of Hebrews. So I think we're just going to, you know... Carry on. We are. Yes, the, chapter uh, two of Hebrews. Yes, the Bible does lay these things out in quite a, a nice order for us, so we shall continue in that order. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you care to do the honors? Chapter two? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, so chapter two of Hebrews. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? If it was declared first by the Lord, and it was attested to by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. 
Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone mm. thank you mm. mm-hmm. yes that wasn't like a ooh my chicken was yummy that was like oh the bible is good <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. testify Dave mm-hmm. alright I just I underlined part of uh, verse 8 but I don't want to put the uh, cart in front of the horse here. So I will be patient until we get towards the end. Um, This first section, verses one through four, Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's, it's a summation, right? Of the entire first chapter, right? Here's, here's, you know, God spoke in many ways and many times through these people, the prophets, but now he speaks through Jesus. Here's a bunch of Old Testament passages that relate to this. So, <laughs> therefore, uh, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, which is really, like, it's it's almost Pauline in the way that this is done, mm-hmm. right? Here's my point. Here's a whole bunch of biblical text to back up the original point. So, therefore pay attention to what you've heard like he's 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 building it's almost like a legal case right here's my here's my thesis here are all of my proofs here's my summation that says pay attention to what you know because what you know is pointing you at Jesus you never knew it was but if you pay attention to what it actually says and what it actually means we're talking about Jesus here and it's it's one of those things that like I've heard, you know, tossed around a lot is like the Bible is consistently pointing to Jesus, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. If you read it and you pay attention, it is pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament. It is always pointing towards what Jesus is going to do in the cross. And in the New Testament, we're either recounting what led up to what Jesus did on the cross or we're pointing back to what he did on the cross and then the subsequent fallout for for what he did. And it's just really interesting here that we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we can mm-hmm. drift away from it. And, you know, I, I've said it dozens of times before and I'll I'm sure I'll say it again. It's like, I appreciate the clarity. Right. Pay oh, attention yeah. to what you've heard and what you've heard is the old Testament. Look at what the old Testament says, study it, understand it and realize what it's pointing towards and who it is pointing towards. And that is Jesus. Yeah. I just, absolutely. I, I love the, the clarity of, of thought and, and, and the pointedness of it. Like get with the program, pay attention. This is what we're talking about. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like to play games, and and apparently neither neither does Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews, <laughs> which is why you know I enjoy or James for that matter, right? So the three the three books the the two previous and the one that we're currently working on are all people that appreciate some some clarity and some brevity in in their writing, and I appreciate that. He yes. goes on. Uh, sorry, do you have anything else you want to add to that first part there? I just started reading again. So, and realized I didn't give you a chance to share your thoughts, and I apologize. 
so um, I have not been able to substantiate this with any translation of the Bible, but I did find, um, uh, so we've, we've talked about him before, uh, John Piper being somebody that, uh, we respect and that, that we listen to, or at least I know that is true for me. And, um, one of the things that he points out in this, and again, I have not been able to, to substantiate this with the translation, but he takes that first verse where it says, therefore, you must pay much closer attention to what we have heard and says um, that it translate, it is exceedingly necessary that we give heed to what we have heard. So I don't know what translation that is, but this is from John Piper and I'm, I, yeah, it's from desiringgod.com or .org, desiringgod.org. But that just really, um, I guess, just hit home with me and just spoke to me that, um, you know, there's a weightiness to if I take uh, play, pay closer attention to and I put it into the frame of it is exceedingly necessary that we give here we give heed to what we've heard. Um, it's like you you know you mentioned Hebrews one. Uh, if you're a Christian. If you've read the Bible, if you're familiar with who you, who Jesus is and you read Hebrews 1, um, not a lot of new um, perspective there. Uh, it's, it is earth-shattering in who God is and that he is God's son. But as Christians, we can kind of get in this place where that is not earth-shattering to us. We, we accept it, we, we believe it, and we move on. And this just... Um, spoke to me in terms of it is exceedingly necessary. And I know for me personally, uh, exactly just what I've been saying, it can be easy to become complacent in the idea of who Jesus is and what he did. And so um, this verse or this first section of Hebrews uh, reminds me that I need to be paying closer attention to who Jesus is and um, honestly just considering who he is and what he did and uh, what he has, has made uh, available to us. And so um, I don't want to belabor that point too terribly much, but um, just a reminder for myself, and I, I hope this rings true for others of just don't forget how important Jesus is, what he did is. And particularly when we're, when we're kind of in this book of Hebrews and it's this um, argument of to the Jews that, you know, we're talking about the Messiah here, um, that for those of us who are Christian living 2,000 years later, that uh, there is an importance of just remembering Jesus and the fact that he is a son of God and um, that should create awe in us. And if it doesn't, maybe we're a plate, we're at a place in our journey where we just need to pray to God, renew that awe for me, renew just the implication of um, understanding who Jesus is and what he did. And, 
uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. So those are my thoughts on that first verse. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, all right. So carrying on, it says, for since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such great salvation? And yeah. I didn't really kind of understand this at first until just now I was like, oh, I think I get what the author's <laughs> saying here. Like, if if we ignore the salvation that is offered through Christ, what chance do we have? Every, it's it says here, every transgression and disobedience received a just retribution. So if you ignore your salvation, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like, God does not let things fall through the cracks. So there, there is a lifeboat off of this Titanic. Its name is Jesus, and you better get on board. Otherwise, it's not going to go well. And I realize that's not often how we like to frame salvation, right? Oh, no, not like, at we all. We like to be much more positive and But, again, to the... To the brevity and to the clarity and to the terseness here of the author, it's like, look, here's the deal. We have to pay close attention to what we've heard because the message declared by the angels has proven to be reliable. So therefore, every transgression and disobedience that has happened has received a just retribution. How then shall we escape if we neglect such? Like, pay attention. Your the salvation is here. It's his name is Jesus. He's done the work. Pay attention to what's going on. And if you don't, well, guess what? Everything, every every sin will be accounted for. And if 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 you have not gotten in on the salvation through Jesus, sorry, bro, or sorry, whatever the female version of bro is. <laughs> Sis, gal, dudette, lady, I don't know. Bro is such a we need what's the female version of bro, Dave? And don't I, say bro. <laughs> Sis. Sis. That's I can't say that seriously. <laughs> Anyways. Uh it was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So this is the option. God has attested it many times in many ways. Jesus is the real deal. Pay attention to what you've heard. See Jesus in it. Get get on board. Like he's yeah. his 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 conclusion after chapter 1 is is Jesus is the answer. You know he's the answer if you pay attention to what you've heard and what you've read. You know that Jesus is the answer. Let's focus on him because the uh, the alternative is not good. Right. So Yeah, and I and, and I think that's exactly it because you know the first one, the first chapter of Hebrews is, you know, establishing who Jesus is. And I think exactly what the words that you have said are what we're supposed to do. I think there's kind of a charge to us in terms of pay attention. And if you are not paying attention, then you are not doing what is required of you. And so, yeah, there, there's definitely this, to me, just an underlying of pay attention. And then the second piece is don't take for granted your salvation. 
And I know I do it. And as I look around the world at those of us who consider ourselves Christians, I think we, we take for granted our salvation. And when you really, really think about what that means, um, that is, that is a terrible place to be if we are taken for granted our salvation and we are not paying attention to Jesus. Yeah, it says a lot about us, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> All right, so moving on to verse 5, it says, Now it was uh, not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. So here he's talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, he's drawing a differentiation between Jesus and angels. It wasn't to angels that God subjected the world to come. It was to Jesus. So again, a differentiation of purpose and of power and of authority, right? Jesus or God put the world in subjection to Jesus, not to angels, because Jesus is more powerful in a higher place of 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 different character of different uh you know uh, power. It says you have made him for a little while a little while lower than the angels, so. We, we see the differentiation, right? Jesus above the angels. And then for a little while, Jesus is made lower than the angels when he is fully God and fully man on earth. But just for a little while, uh, it says, you have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet, which is, which is an interesting juxta- juxtaposition, right? Jesus is above the angels. You have put the whole world in subjection to him. But then for a little while, we've, Flip places, and Jesus is put below the angels because he, you know, is living on earth as a man. And even though he's lower than the angels, it says that you have still crowned him with glory and honor, and you have still put everything in subjection under his feet. So even though that hierarchy is flipped for, you know, 33 some odd years, in the grand scheme of eternity, or even even in that moment, like we don't even need to obscure it with, with eternity, even though Jesus is lower than the angels when he is man, the world is still put in subjection under his feet because while he is lower than angels, he still defeats death. He still defeats sin. He still defeats Satan, and God is victorious even while Jesus is made lower than the angels. Mm-hmm. Which is rather fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. That, that the author of Hebrews has made such a point through this first chapter and a half to differentiate and to show how Jesus is higher than or better than or more important or more powerful or more authoritative or different in kind than the angels. And then, oh, and by the way, for the very small time that he was below angels, God still made the world subject to him, even though he was lower than angels. And it's just like, okay, we get it, dude. Jesus is on a whole different level. Even when he's made lower his power and his authority and his differentness in kind from angels is so obvious and so strong that even when he is made lesser than, he is still putting, as it says here, everything in subjection under his feet. And that's, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how you read that. Like, I think you have, I think you have two reactions. There's, I think there's two, two reactions to that that you can't really find a middle ground on. And I'm usually the guy that finds the middle ground. I like the middle ground because <laughs> usually, because usually binary means you're blind to something, right? If you're on one side or the other, you're refusing to see common ground. But I think here it's like, okay, you can read this passage and you can either believe that Jesus is who the Bible says he is and that this is true, or you can read this and go, yeah, it's a bunch of poppycock. It doesn't make any sense. It's just an old, it's just an old tale. This is ludicrous. I don't know how you bridge that gap here. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I kind of think that's the whole point that the author is trying to make through this whole thing is if we really do believe what the Bible says, and if we really do believe that Jesus is of this different kind, right? Is God the the whole argument, right? Is that he's not man. He is, he has existed forever. He's part of the Trinity. He was there when, when everything was made, he was there before things were made. And for this little while, even though he is God, even though he is divine, he was made lower than angels just for this little time. But even when he was made lower than angels, he, everything yeah. was everything <laughs> was subjected to him. And you either have to say yeah or no. There is no compromise here. Mm-hmm. And I really think the author is pushing us to that spot of what do you believe? I mean, he sure. even starts it out, right? We must pay closer attention to what we've heard. Like, Pay attention and make up your minds. Do you believe what I'm telling you about Jesus is true, or do you think it's ludicrous? And I, he's right. pushing us towards a decision point where we ha- it's a bottleneck in the writing. You have to decide what do you believe is true about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Absolutely. So can I just share a tangent that doesn't have a lot to do with what we're talking about right now? <laughs> Absolutely. We love tangents here, Dave. So I I happen to read Judges 13 this week. As you and do. And it is, it is about the birth of Samson. And Samson's parents are... Um, told about Samson's birth by an angel... And it was kind of funny because we were talking about last week about how when people encounter an angel of the Lord, they kind of have these, you know, they fall to the ground and and all this Uh kind of stuff. And they did not have that experience initially. (gasps) They made liars out of us. Yeah. Well, well, so, um, but it was just, it just made me chuckle because, you know, you talk about things and then you're reading the word and then it's kind of like you get this whole other different experience than what you kind of experience. Um, and so, yeah, they have no idea that an angel of the Lord has even um, come to, to visit them to the point where they like are, are saying, Hey, you need to stay for dinner. <laughs> you know, you need to, we need to make you dinner and, <laughs> hey, you and like hang out. Loaf, she makes a good yeah. one. But what's, but then um, at the very end or not at the end, but it, later on in the verse, they come to this realization and his Samson's dad's name is Manoah. And, um, Manoah has this moment of, uh, we surely, we shall surely die for we have seen God. 
And then she kind of was like, well, you know, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would have accepted a burnt off. He wouldn't have accepted the burnt offering from us. But it, it, anyway, a complete tangent. But thinking back uh, last week as I was reading through Judges 13, that they had a very different sort of encounter with the angel of the Lord than what we had spoken about previously. But then after the fact, after he's gone and they are no longer having contact with him, Manoah kind of has this moment of like, oh gosh, we're going to die. Like we've, been in, we've seen an angel <laughs> we of the so Lord. We screwed and... that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I find humor in the Bible and how God does oh, things. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't know if he laughs at us or if he just shakes his head at us, but probably yeah. a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. So, Well, and, and to that point, I think the rest of verse 8, speaks to that. It says, now I'm putting everything in subjection to him. He left nothing outside of his control. And this is the part that I underlined. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Has there been a truer thing said in the year 2020 that at the present, we do not see everything under the subjection of Jesus? (laughs) Yeah. And this is where God, I'm sure, laughs and also shakes his head and or fists in fury, right? Like we, we, we can be so smart and so clever and so, uh, you know, ingenious, and at the same time, just be so dense. Yeah. And you know, those of us that that profess faith in Christ and you know, as his followers, like we we can do so much, you know, good in quotes, and we can we can honor God in so many ways, and then we can just turn around and just say and do really really stupid dense stuff where god's like oh we oh man like we were just going down the right path and now we're spending 40 years in the wilderness guys and none of your generation is going to see the promised land like we were doing so good we got rid of the egyptians you were eating my manna you were following my fire pillar and the smoke pillar we were doing great and then now we're just going to have to waste 40 years and wait for the next round like it's at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. And like, I might put that over my door <laughs> when I go out into the world. <laughs> I, I I think I've said this before, you know, most, most good Christian homes have something in, in some Bible verse in the papyrus font over, over their back door or somewhere, <laughs> somewhere hanging on a wall in, in my parents' house. It was a quote from the Godfather, leave the gun, take the cannoli was what we had over our back door. Um, and yes, my mother is 100% Scottish, not Sicilian. So, you know, the fact that it was a Godfather quote makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, but she can cook like a Sicilian, so I'll take it. Um, and I just, I, I find this um, this part just so, like, all, at the same time, encouraging as it is convicting. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Like, it's encouraging because that means there's room for growth. Like, right now, we don't see everything in the world being subjected to Christ, meaning we don't see the world as a place where Christ has full dominion, which means there's room for my understanding of Jesus and my relationship with Jesus to grow so that I can grow into a place where I do see the world as a place where Jesus has full dominion. And even though the world may not act like it's under his dominion, doesn't mean that it's not. Right. Yeah. So that's like the encouraging part is like Jesus is in control. 
and this is all his dominion. And, and the Bible tells us when all things, you know, come together, the fullness of time has happened and every, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the son of God and, and all that will happen. Then everyone will go, Oh, we, re- Oh, Oh, this is his place. Oh, Oh, Oh. And yay or crap will happen. Right? Like, you know, different reactions will be had based on, on where we stand on this. But so like the, the hope in this statement is that we are not where we're supposed to be yet. And that means there's a room for growth and that means there's room for revelation. And that means there's room for, for God to do his thing. And for, for us to be like, Oh, did you see that? God just did like, you know, there's, there's room for all of that. And that's the positive side of it. But the downside is we don't see the world in subjection to him. We often see the world as being subjected to us. And that means I think I have power in places where I don't. Or Mm. I think I have power in places where I do, and therefore I abuse it. Mm. Yeah. And so there's there's this this like point and counterpoint here of like I can read this passage and be really encouraged. And at the same point I can read this passage and be like, oh yikes. Like I I really am seeing the world as what can I what can I do to it to get the most out of it for myself? How can mm-hmm. I be selfish? How can I, how can I, how can I gather power and influence and safety and comfort and do the things that I need to do to protect me and mine? Which doesn't jive with anything that we've just read. No. Because if I were to pay much closer attention to what I've heard from the Bible, I would realize that doing what I just said is not at all what Jesus has called me to do. Mm-hmm. He has not called me to protect what's mine or what could be for, for me or for those and to protect myself. He's called me to love others like he has loved me. Yep. He has called me to be an ambassador for the kingdom, which means don't be selfish. It means to give and it means to share and it means to show mercy and grace and forgiveness and to do all the things he's done for me for other people with no regard for what I get in return. Yeah. Yep. It's a very confounding little verse, Dave. And that's why I <laughs> underlined it when you read it earlier. It's like something about the way you read it. I was like, oh, I did not. <laughs> I, I Honestly, had I just read that to myself, I don't think I would have um, been struck by it the way that I was. But it's it's always nice to hear someone else read it yeah. because then – like there's just there's just something about hearing somebody else read the same thing, right? Because oh, yeah. you get you just get to experience it in a different way. And when you read it, it just it's it just struck me in 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 a way that it would not have or had not up to that point struck me uh, reading it myself. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and it, just as you were talking, it you know I think for me I I've just gotten set to such a place where my comfort and my safety is 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 so paramount in how I live my life, you know, and it's, it's really not even about having more or succeeding or, or, you know, being victorious or like, I I really do just find myself sometimes just going, I want to be comfortable. I want to be safe. I don't want to be inconvenienced and how much effort I put into that sometimes or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's, you know, I don't know, just as bad, worse, whatever, um, than 
you know, wanting, striving for things and all that. Comfort has a way of begetting more comfort, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny. Like we will do, we will, we will work harder for more comfort than we will work harder for more gain. Yeah, I, which is I would say that's very, true of me. It's a very interesting concept, right? Because right. by by definition, comfort means not working hard. But we will right. work. We will work really hard to maintain our comfort more than we will work really hard to. I don't know, lose weight or get a new job or learn learn a new skill or something that could actually benefit us, right? Right. But I oh, yeah. I will I will I will run headlong into a door thirty five times if it means I get to stay comfortable. But like I go to the gym once a week, now I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, last verse is, uh, or for this episode anyways, is verse nine of chapter two. It says, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And I'm going to be honest. I don't really think we need to, uh, expand on that verse. Dave, I think that one says it all for us. That yeah. even though he was made lower than the angels, he is crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good verse to just meditate on, think on, yeah, ponder upon. While it, it is clear and I think it, it makes the messages understandable, I it is one of the hardest things for me to comprehend and often think, I don't think I'll have any concept of that until the next life, but I don't want to go too far into that. So, Fair enough. All right, I think we have uh we have come to the end of this 170th episode, David. I think we have. All right, folks, thank you so much for your time and uh your willingness to uh let us uh be a part of your day today, whatever that day is. So, uh if you want to take a peek at the show notes, you can do so in your podcast app of choice or you can go to supermegacorp.net/masterclass/170 and there you will find links to the good stuff as well as uh multiple ways to get in contact. You can uh email us, you can uh talk to us on Twitter. Uh, Dave's link will be there. I think my link is actually an Instagram link. I I need to double check that. It's been a long time since I've done that. I just prefer Instagram over Twitter, but that's just me. Maybe it's a Twitter link. I don't know. Click on the thing that (laughs) says Cam Brennan and find out where it takes you. Uh, So we've got email, social media. There's also a phone number on there if you want to call in and leave a voice message on my Google Voice number. And it could be it could be a question, it could be a correction, it could be uh, hey I had this thought. Um, we would love to hear from you and play that on the show and respond to it. So uh, be bold, be the first one in a very long time to take advantage of that. Uh, the last two times have been my old boss and his wife doing prank calls. So the bar is set very <laughs> low, very low, folks. And guess what? We played both of them on the show because they were actually quite funny. Uh, the point is. The bar is the bar is low 
because we would just love to have some input from other folks that aren't Dave and I uh, into the show and use that as an impetus for uh, some conversation. So take advantage of that if you'd like. Otherwise, we will be back next time with episode 171, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Dave? Yep. We'll talk, talk to, to you later, sir. Yep. Bye. Bye.